morning. It's really nice here. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's um, late in the day and I'm feeling really upbeat because I took care of some tasks that were a long time um, in dealing with, but of course took very little time when I actually just decided to deal with them rather than stepping around them. So I'm feeling <laughs> like I accomplished something pretty huge. Um, anyway, I also am really excited because I finally, uh, I finally finished my Christmas sweater. So yes, it's almost March 1st. <laughs> and it is um, wickedly out of season. But um, and nonetheless, I'm feeling really accomplished. Uh, for those of you who are just joining me, this is a sweater that I cast on, I think, pretty late in December. Oh, you know, that holiday mindset and that hubris <laughs> that's involved. You think you can accomplish so much more than you can at the holiday. I should say I think I can accomplish so much more than I can in the holiday season. So I cast on, I think it's called the Betty and Judy sweater, lodge sweater by Poison Girls. It's um, a, a vintage style um, intarsia holiday sweater. It's quite absurd. I really love it. It has holly leaves on it and my name is Holly. And I love that. <laughs> and anyway, it brought me a lot of joy from most of January. It was very brightly colored. It's red, um, but it's a fingering weight sweater and it was a bit of a slog. And then of course I like made some mistakes, like the sleeves were too short and I, the, the sweater was too cropped. So I had to undo the ribbing and sew some more, um, knit some more and then finish, you know, bind off. Um, it was a sewn bind off, bind off, which was such a pain in the butt to undo. Um, but anyway, um, the end result is really lovely. It fits really well. And it's, you know, because I've taken the time to make some modifications, um, you know, I'm really happy with it. I have the time and the leisure to get it just the way I want it. And that's just such a, um, a perk of the, of, of doing it this way. And so, I think that's going to be my theme for today is really thinking about what happens when you give something the time that it, you know, that, that it actually takes. Um, I don't know about you, but I sometimes, even in my making, like I can get really obsessive. I can get very much about, um, the shiny new thing, the shiny new yarn, whatever the new pattern is that everybody seems to be making. And I lose sight of, you know, what makes me happy and what I'm going to wear and be useful and what fits my life. And, you know, also more, I think that's harder being really honest with myself about who I am in this moment and what it is that I really want. Um, and so for me, I think this sweater, <laughs> this untimely Christmas sweater is, um, showing me a lot of lessons of recovery. So I'm going to try and talk through them with you. So as always, um, my name's Holly. Hello. I'm so happy you're spending a little bit of time with me. Um, I'm so grateful that there's anybody listening to this. Um, if you're new, I started this, oh my goodness, almost about a year ago, right before um, my neighborhood and my state and community went into lockdown. And at the time, I couldn't find um, an online 
version of Al-Anon. I had been going weekly to an Al-Anon meeting and was finding it really helpful, but of course I didn't take anybody's phone numbers and I was very hesitant to identify as part of the group. And, you know, I just kind of assumed that I'd always have this opportunity of dropping in when it was convenient for me. And then all of a sudden, as we all know, the pandemic came and changed everything. And I couldn't, I couldn't find my my recovery community. And so I started this podcast just as a way of to, to continue practicing talking about, you know, my experience of, I think we always say experience, strength, and hope. <laughs> That's a terrible sentence, my experience of experience. But, um, but you catch the drift. Like, I just wanted to practice talking about recovery um, in an Al-Anon way. And so that even when I, and you know, the other thing is that I love knitting. I love knitting so much. I think about it a lot. I do it a lot. I just have, it has really been an important tool of recovery for me. And so when, when the pandemic happened, I just thought I would continue to do some of the skills that I do in my work, um, which involved a little bit of podcasting, um, and, and to just start talking about the intersection of knitting and recovery. And I was just really humbled and grateful that there's a bunch of people who also want to think about this. So again, I'm really, really happy you're here and thank you so much uh, for joining me and taking some time to listen. The other thing that I'll say is that, you know, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. I'm not an official, um, I, you know, I identify as a member of um, a 12-step program and that 12-step program for me is Al-Anon. Um, but I'm not speaking here as a representative of Al-Anon or any 12-step program. I'm just speaking as a personal, you know, a person who has struggled um, with codependency and with thinking and um, with with mood disorders and also, you know, with the chaos that comes from loving somebody who struggles from an addiction. And I also am recognizing that you know, there are other 12-step programs and there are other ways to, to approach these topics. Um, and so when I talk here, I'm really just talking as a knitter to knitter, sewist to sewist, um, and, you know, human to human. So anyway, all those caveats in place. I, I do want to talk a little bit, though, about what I think is a really good lesson that's embedded in this ridiculous sweater that I've made for myself. Now, I um, am fully recognizing that it is almost March, and I'm not going to wear a Christmas sweater. And to be honest, in terms of practicality, a Christmas sweater is pretty impractical, right? Like I'm not somebody who wears themed clothing very much. Although lately I've been kind of turning to the joy of knitting and personalizing things and making holiday items like Valentine's Day socks. And right now I'm also thinking about um, St. Patrick's Day green socks as well. And all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but um, as I was saying in the intro that, you know, the sweater, it's taken me a really long time. And because I'm not under a deadline, because, you know, the, the soonest I'll wear it is like eight months away. Um, and that, you know, probably more likely like nine months away. Um, this has really given me a lot of time to take my time with it, right? Like to really slow down and really think about whether or not it's done. 
Um, you know, there's been a few times where I've thought it's done, but then I try it on and I realize it's not quite done. The sleeves are too short. It was too short. It was super cropped. And I am in my middle aged and I do not wear super cropped. I'm pretty short waisted. So it's like, you know, not too much. I don't have a huge amount to, to knit in the body of the sweater, but still this was short. <laughs> so even though I had sewn the bind off, I did this like fancy ribbed binding and I really took my time with it and I thought it was done. It wasn't done. I needed to undo it and to make it be practical and wearable, I needed to spend a little bit more time with it. And the end result, as I was just saying, is that I'm really happy with it. Um, it feels like an accomplishment because of course it's a fingering weight sweater and that's like years of my life it feels like is embedded in that thing um even though it's just two months <laughs> but um but I also realized that you know it, it, it's really um teaching me something which is that I can take my time um and I can um follow my program at the pace in which um it's meant to be unfolding in my life that it's not about forcing things and really moving quickly through the steps it's about how to learn and think in a different way and that really does take time and I'm starting to see the benefits of that in my own program um, just like I've seen it in my in my knitting in my sweater and so you know for me I know it's so hard when you love somebody with an addiction and you keep hoping things are going to change and you can't control it. And then you start to, or I, I guess I should speak from the eye. I found myself really getting more and more controlling and more and more depressed as I watched um, my partner struggle with alcohol addiction. And I think I spent a lot of time early on, you know, trying to figure out what the right thing to do was. You know, I'd listen to podcasts about whether or not I should stay or go, and I'd read all these books. <laughs> even, oh, at one point, I even bought a book called Raising Children in an Alcoholic Home. I mean, obviously, the message is like, don't, but it was um, what I was hoping was like some kind of strategy for how to do it. Um, and, you know, the book is really great. I recommend it. Um, to anybody who's interested, but I was misusing it. I wanted it to be like a how-to manual rather than a kind of how do you deal with the effects of this disease um, and its dysfunction. And I guess the thing for me that I found in personal work with my therapy um, and then also in program and then also, as I said, with my knitting is that things take time. It takes time to change. It takes time to know um, what to do and 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 I have found that the universe sends me really clear signs when it is time to take a drastic action um, and so if you're out there and you're trying you know if you if any of that resonates with you I guess my what I would share about this is that I found that um, you know that old wise tale that you know when the student's ready the teacher appears is really true in my case um, every part of this program unfolds at a very you know slow pace for me and really showed what it's like when the path is clear and the steps are easy to take if 
the steps aren't feeling easy to take, then I'm not at the right point to take them, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, there's this story, like, I've heard, I can't find it anywhere in program literature, but that some people have said, like, you're always on time in Al-Anon, or you're always on time in AA, that there's no wrong time to show up, and the point is to show up. So worrying about being late is like so many of the other caveats that anybody puts in terms of change, right? That it's, I want to do the right thing, but not right now. <laughs> um, I wanted to, you know, I couldn't, I can't go today to, to a meeting. It's too busy. Or, you know, this is, um, somebody might know me there. Or um, what if, you know, what if I'm recognized? And of course, the gift of anonymity really makes sure that that is addressed. And then one of my sticking points was like, I'm not into the higher power and the God language. Um, and of course, a year into the program, I'm realizing, I don't think, you know, I think that's most people who are in a chaotic, um, either in the throes of addiction or in the throes of loving somebody with an addiction. Nobody's really feeling like their higher power is taking care of them. Nobody is really spiritual and in such a sad and dysfunctional place. And so that's why it's built into the program is that we have to learn a new way of thinking about the universe and our situation so that it's not always catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe. So I found that to be really interesting. And again, you know, in my own way, in my own understanding and my own definition of what that meant, I found myself getting more spiritual. Um, and this thing that was at one point a complete deal breaker um, at the right time you know, step two unfolded for me. And then the same with step three, and now I'm in step four. And I can also see how, um, you know, and step four is also one of the things that I just thought, no way am I doing this program. Make an inventory of every <laughs> defect of character. Like I would rather not spend the time doing that. And then also the idea that I was going to have to, in my head, I thought I was going to have to go around and say, I'm sorry to like, you know, the jerk I dated in college and all kinds of things that, you know, in my head, I made it much worse than it was because of my disordered thinking. Um, and when I was ready to take step four, what I found was that it's a really gentle step and really is about, um, taking an inventory of, of my, my character, my strengths and my weaknesses. And that includes my strengths. Um, and looking really squarely at the way that I don't you know, the way I talk to myself internally and how I fail to take care of myself even as I'm trying to take care of everyone around me. And so I guess that's what I'm thinking about today with my sweater. That, you know, in taking this time and doing it, you know, again, totally off schedule, off calendar, nobody's knitting March um, Christmas sweaters in March. But in doing so, I found that I have made a really nice sweater and it was worth it to do it this way and it will be waiting for me now for next season and I can enjoy it without any of the stress um, of trying to knit it rushed or wearing it when it's not quite fitting right and then also being really disappointed with it. There's also something about, you know, when you finish a sweater, oh my gosh, and you just hate it. <laughs> Now I get to forget about it, right? Like, I'm sick of looking at it. I I could, you know, if I don't see it again <laughs> for eight months, that sounds pretty good right now. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I finished that and I'm feeling really good about it. And again, like I said, I'm trying to just meditate on what lessons are here for that. And that's, you know, doing things at my own pace. And it's a-okay if I'm tardy or, you know, behind other people or if I'm not moving fast enough in my recovery. I um, am right where I need to be. And it's a good place to be right now. Um, so that's what I've been thinking about. I will also add um, that I finished my Prada and Tarja socks, which were also kind of a slog. And I wore them and they're awesome. And even my kiddo, my younger kiddo, told me that they looked really, really good and like so good. They thought that I bought them, <laughs> which for my younger kiddo is like the highest compliment, not handmade, bought. <laughs> so yeah, I always feel good when I get a compliment from that one. Um, so now I'm at that delightful stage where I get to plan some new projects. So of course I cast on a new pair of socks right away because it's always good to have a pair of socks on your needles. And I am doing it the most vanilla sock pattern ever and I'm enjoying it. It's just stockinette in the round. Um, the yarn is really fun. It's bright green, so I'm in the St. Patty's Day mood. It's, um, you know, even though I just said all this stuff about slow knitting, it's definitely fun to have um, some quick wins, <laughs> some easy wins. So they're knitting up really greatly. Um, they're from Stash Yarn, so it's super fun. I found contrasting toe and heel colors. I think they'll be really really cool. I'm hoping um, I can make them for my son for next year for snow days. Um, he has come to see the wisdom of having wool socks for snow days uh, because of, you know, they, they're so perfect for, for when it's wet and cold out. And the pair that I had made him previously is just too small. He's growing like a weed. So I'm thinking I'm going to make them for him. I'm not sure if he's going to wear neon green. <laughs> crazy socks, but if not, I'll wear them. Um, they might be a little big for me, but that's fine. And then, um, I'm also, I'm cast on a cardigan sweater, a lace cardigan sweater, another fingering weight sweater. Um, but the construction's really groovy. And like I said, I'm just taking my time with it. Lots and lots of stitch markers. So I don't go insane with the lace pattern. And I'm trying really hard to enjoy the stash yarn and use it up and, and, you know, make something that will hopefully look really nice and will be, you know, perfect for, it's probably not going to get, I was going to say for early spring, but let's be real. It's not going to get done for early spring. It's probably going to be great for, for next fall. Um, and again, I can just really take my time with it and not rush through it. And then you know, I knit a shawl usually every summer and I'm thinking already about which one that might be. And again, giving myself lots of time to plan it out. I'm trying to use stash yarn or secondhand yarn, try and continue being economical, really frugal. You know, again, I'm a single mom on a budget. So my, my craft budget has to be kind of sane. Um, and I do have a ton of stash, so it's nice to sort of use what I have. I've also been pushing myself with my sewing to do the same thing. Like just use up some of the fancy fabric that I've been hoarding. Just finally cut into it and start sewing. Um, again, trying really hard to think about how the gift of time <laughs> makes it so that these, these materials that are beautiful that I love um, can be used. So 
that's that's where I'm at today. I know this is a bit rambly. I'm kind of out of practice, but anyway, I just wanted to to pop in, say hello, share my good news about the slow <laughs> crawl to the finish line on the Christmas sweater, and wish you um, a happy end of February, start of March, and I hope that wherever you are, you're safe, you're well, um, and that you have beautiful, beautiful materials um, that are inspiring you to make something that is going to bring you joy. Okay, take care. Bye.